Next on BYU Sports Nation, live from the BYU store, NFL Super Bowl champion and All-American Dennis Pitta on expectations for whoever the BYU quarterback is tomorrow. BYU Hoops plays a game this month. Head coach Dave Rose joins us on BYU Basketball Media Day to preview the season. Plus, do BYU fans dislike Boise State as much as Boise State apparently dislike BYU? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from the BYU store, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in the BYU store on this Thursday. Presented by the BYU store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Here we are, in the store, baby. Thursday, October 5th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BOGO sales specialist, Jerem Jordan. Oh, I love me a good BOGO. Buy one, get one free. And you learned that when? Oh, years ago. (laughs) Years ago. The Zephyr hats are buy one, get one free, by the way. Yes, they are. There's some really good ones. I especially like this uh, Lavelle hat right already. That's awesome. I already claimed that one. (sighs) Sorry, man. Okay, I'll get a different one. You're stuck with I'll, the second I'll best. figure it out. But it, it's great. Uh, the BYU Store has been our sponsor for several years, uh, title sponsor. It's great to be here. We like doing a show here. They've they've redone this place uh, You know, a few years ago, rebranded. Look at the Nike section right there. That is legit. I dare say elite. That is a great section. Like that area, along with the Nike Employee Store in Beaverton, Oregon. Like, oh, at HQ? Yeah. You can spend a long time in there. It's yes. a time warp. In fact, I try not to because then I'm spending a ton of dough. I just got to be careful. I got to be measured in how long I'm there. That's why you come during a BOGO sale, Jeremy. Yes, BOGO is where it's at. <laughs> Let's get to the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Game day eve for BYU and Boise State. Man, the Broncos hate the Cougars. More on that in a moment. Tanner Mangum saw a doctor yesterday, Jerem. We'll find out tomorrow night if he was cleared to play or not. Why? Because the game happens tomorrow. And if Tanner Mangum is the quarterback, then it's safe to assume he was cleared. I think if he walks out into warm-ups, he, he was cleared. And you can watch it on Countdown to Kickoff tomorrow night. That's the, time. Be- that's the beauty of that watch show. Yep. Tanner warm-up or not. And that's tomorrow night. On countdown to kickoff, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Kalani Satake, the head coach, he just wants to play another game because he wants to win a game, and he's particularly excited to host the Broncos this year. And, boy, it'd be nice to get a win at home, right? We have a lot of respect for that the team and, and their fan base, you know, and so and the fact that we're close to each other, and, you know, and, and so it's nice to have them here and, and um, you know, hopefully the, the – the, uh, the home, the home trend continues. Just wear navy. If you show up at the stadium, so wear, wear navy. navy. Yeah, exactly. The New England Patriots, uh, Harvey Longy and Kyle Van Oy, former Cougars, face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight in the little Thursday night football. Good it, luck to those guys. Meanwhile, it is BYU Basketball Media Day. Huh? Today. Yeah. We'll talk with the head coach Dave Rose on set here in just a little bit. Watch Coach Rose's press conference tonight at 6.30 Eastern on the BYU TV Sports YouTube page. Yoli Childs expected to have a big role for this BYU basketball team. Last night, a guest on Behind the Mic with Greg Rebell, and he told Greg that Cougar fans can expect some changes the way BYU plays. 
the way we're going to be playing this year is going to surprise a lot of BYU fans. Uh, we're, we're switching up our offense a little bit. Uh, we, we make a lot more reads and play a lot more free. And defensively, we're just really getting after it. So it's, it's been awesome. There's some talent on this BYU basketball team. There are eight newcomers. There's a brand-new assistant coach in Heath's Royal. What kind of life and juice do they inject into this program? We'll ask Dave Rose coming up. And the ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball team plays in Moraga tonight, 10 Eastern time against St. Mary's. The Cougars 15-1 and this season. Now, correction, they're number eight this week. They're number eight, people. They have moved up a spot as we speak. How about that? They'll be number one by the end of the hour. Number eight, BYU women's volleyball. Yeah, 15-1. and one. And the one set back, a five-set loss to Baylor. Yeah, whatever. In which you ask the girls, they're like, oh, we played terribly. It's interesting. Did they, Bill Walton? Terrible. Terrible performance against the Bears. <laughs> it's time, my friends, for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Don't hate. Should BYU fans hate Boise State? No. Because no apparently reason. the Broncos. Bronco, maybe. Hang on. And their players <laughs> are not too fond of all things BYU. I mean, this. there were some very, very uh, straightforward Borderline harsh words spoken from some Boise State players about BYU. Was it players or player? Well, okay, it was a player. But if you look into it, he is saying things like he's not alone. Okay? Elliot Hoyt, Boise State defensive tackle, said in a tweet, I root for two football teams every weekend, Boise State and whoever is playing against BYU. <laughs> Now that sounds like a rival, right? Rivalries can be one-sided. Like it was last week for BYU in a lot of ways. BYU-Utah State, it just feels a little bit more, whoa, in your face for Utah State, whereas BYU views Utah as the clear rival. Oh, Utah's the clear rival, yeah, that's for sure. Now now I want to point out that Elliot Hoyt was the guy that got punched below the belt by Louis Lapuajo two years ago. So he has some legitimate beef. That's a great point. That's a he has great some point. legitimate beef. He continues, I cannot stand them. There's some pent-up aggression there. I hate to say it, but if Boise State lost each game, as long as they beat the crap out of BYU, I'd be happy. There's no greater sign of a loser than the guy that says, well, as long as I win this one game and lose all the rest, I'd be okay. Come on. Come on. Is the desperation factor there? The thing is, a That's lot of... That's not true for his teammates at Boise State. They have a high standard. That's a quality program. A lot of BYU they... fans feel that way about the Utah game, though, because of what has That's transpired. That's such a sign of desperation. It like, absolutely slow is. Slow your roll on that. Oh, my goodness. Why the desperation, though? Because it's not like because Boise State... Because he got hit below the belt. That's ...hasn't why. beaten BYU. I mean, it's been back and forth. The home team's won each of the last five years. Yeah, the good news for Elliot Hoyt is that Louis Lapua is not playing in this game. That's the good news for him. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever Louie is, shout out to him. Get better, man. Yeah, he's injured. Our Twitter question today, dealing with Elliot Hoyt and a lot of Boise State fans and the way they view BYU. Is, is this a rivalry? Is this a legitimate rivalry? And if it is, where are you placing it in the hierarchy of rivalry rankings? That's our Twitter question, Spencer. Where does Boise State rank on your BYU rivalry scale? Okay. Utah's the rival. We all know that. Who else, though? Where does it fit, okay? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Mr. underscore Flintstone 94. Between Utah and Utah State, 
Okay. So second, feels good to win, but not as good as beating Utah. Probably way below Utah versus Colorado. Okay, there we go. <laughs> now, does Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 live in Idaho? Because That's... if you live in Idaho, Boise State is way up the scale. Yeah, listen, Boise State's rival is Idaho. Of course they're looking for someone else to be their rival. Idaho? Come on, man. No, Idaho is not their rival. No, it, that's their I know, rival. I know that it's they supposed to be. They even have a trophy for it or whatever. Yeah, well, BYU and Utah State have the old yeah. wagon wheel, which Dennis Pitta laid his dirty clothes on yeah, in the exactly. locker room. didn't know what it was for three years. Exactly. So I put together my power ranking, my rivalry power ranking. So you ready for this? Ready. Okay. Number one, number one's obviously Utah. I was asked to take out for graphical purchase. Purposes, number two, but I put Bingham because I went to Copperfield. <sighs> Come on, Number Jerry. three, St. Mary's basketball. Number four, Gonzaga basketball, okay? Number five, UCLA volleyball. Okay. That's a big one. Ohio State volleyball, I put number six because they've beaten BYU in the national title <laughs> the last two years. Number seven, I put Utah Valley basketball. Number eight, I put Utah State. And then I go down to number 16, Idaho State. And then number 17 is Boise State football. <laughs> it is not a rivalry. It is a regional rivalry. It's not like a I hate you, you hate me. BYU should hate Boise State. BYU's 2-5 and five against them. But there have been some fun, crazy moments. Uh, you know, for BYU in 2015, that was this huge game, Tanner Mangum, the kid from Eagle, Idaho, against Boise, blah, blah, blah. BYU has reasons to do it, but they do not because guess what? They have other concerns that aren't Boise State. But it is a game that matters. I love the matchup. I love the game. Boise State in the 2000s was what BYU was in the 80s. 17, okay. though, really? 17. There's a connection there. Number 17 on my power <laughs> rankings rankings. rivalries. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Boise State, when the game gets underway, there is an added level of intensity and vitriol. So I'm not going to put Boise State at Why do you think that is? 17. No, no, no. I'm, yeah, the, the competitive nature, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, I kind of there haven't like... been enough off the – we've talked about this with St. Mary's, why BYU dislikes St. Mary's more than Gonzaga. It's because there's been on the court, off the court, moments of vitriol and dislike and hatred. Where does San Diego State basketball rank in this, in your list? Probably between 9 and 15. <laughs> Somewhere. Okay. I'd put Boise State right around number 6 or 7. You know, uh, like it's, But it's for a... Boise State in football, it might be number 1. Who else did who else does Boise State hate? I don't know. Idaho? I don't Come know. on. Hey, here's here's what plays into it a lot. Both teams feel like they are uh some of the best of the rest. Boise State's been better more recently than BYU, but BYU historically won a national title. Boise State went to a bunch of BCS and then went to a New Year's Six game in 2014. Great programs, right? Um here they are, and it's kind of a battle in the Intermountain West, if you will. Who's better? Who's but? Yeah. But there haven't been enough. Like, man, I really hate you because that one moment, like Delavadova and the half court shot and the mouthpiece and elbows into Eric Mika's face and what and Randy Bennett and what, there's all these moments that you're like, okay, that's why. Now there are special moments. That's why like, we dislike absolutely you. memorable moments in the BYU Boise State series. Let's yes, not I'm forget that. But weird in your face. Yes. Vitri- there haven't been enough of those. Except for Boise State and Elliot Hoyt, right? He has a reason to be upset. What has Boise State done, what has Boise State done to made, make you think that it's a real rivalry? Other than just playing a game. So BYU plays like UMass several times and UNLV and what? It's not a rivalry. 
It's just it, an it, exciting listen, matchup. It's listen, an exciting matchup. It's a rivalry, but it's not a strong one. That's what I'm saying. It's not in the top five BYU's opponents. Our Twitter question today, where does Boise State rank on your BYU rivalry scale? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Razor Kook says, closer to Utah than to Portland State. Oh, sure, yeah. Which is about number 17, right? It's about number 17. Oh, my goodness. Good grief. And coming up, BYU Hoops head coach Dave Rose joins us to preview the season. They play in 20 days in the Cougar tip-off. Yeah, don't blink on basketball. And Dennis Pitta will join us. It's a Pitta takeover at the BYU store on the phone. What does he expect from a consistent BYU quarterback? Or hope so, anyway. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to the BYU Store on campus at Brigham Young University. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling right now, and it was rolling through the break between Jeremy and myself. Follow (laughs) at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow night, our one-hour live pregame show is counting down to kickoff. It's at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Watch Tanner Mangum, Joe Critchlow, Cody Wilstead, Coy Detmer Jr. Warm up. See how they look. You can, you can check it out tomorrow night at 9 Eastern time. And, of course, the game is on ESPN. Coverage starting at 10, 15 Eastern. Where does Boise State rank on your BYU rivalry scale? Jeremy and I just discussed this very thing. That it's out of the top five for both of us. Yes, it is out of the top five. But I care more about BYU beating Boise State than I do BYU beating, let's say, Utah State. I do, too. And that factors into my rivalry scale. So I'm not sure who I would put higher on I assume scale. win versus Utah State. So when you lose, it's disappointing. We're all feeling the disappointment this week, right? Absolutely. Boise State, it's like a pick em, right? It's like, hey, if you can get one every other year, that's pretty good. They're a good program. Because it means more, right? Now, because there's more balance there. In, in fact, there's imbalance. BYU's 2-5. and five. But they're good games, generally. But the funny thing is, with St. Mary's and Gonzaga in basketball, even though the Gonzaga win would mean more to... BYU's program. I want BYU to beat St. Mary's every time. I don't care. I will take a St. Mary's win over You're Gonzaga. You're going to St. Mary's every, face right now. Like every it's, time. Like you, you like got into it. Yeah. I can see it devolve in your face. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a total contradiction with how I compare Boise State to Utah State, St. Mary's to Gonzaga. Boise State's not a huge threat, like, off the field. Like, on the field, yeah. It's it's funny. There's there's outside emotion. Uh, you know, out, the exterior of the game plays into it. It really does. The fan base. The what? It's not there. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is our good friend Dennis Pitta, All American tight end at BYU, NFL Super Bowl champion. Speaking of rival, Ravens. Yeah, is Dennis <laughs> is Dennis your rival, Jerem? No, he's my best friend. <laughs> Dennis, welcome back to the show, man. Hey guys, what's going on? Oh, you know, just uh, hanging out amidst uh, all of the goods in the BYU store and trying to figure out where Boise State fits on the scale of rivalries for BYU. What do you think, man? Well, don't, don't get me started again on rivalries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I will, I will say this. In my mind, Boise State is a bigger rival than Utah State ever is. Why and, is, why uh, is that, Dennis? Well, because they're better, and it's been a bigger threat to us over the years. I can actually think back to my first year, way back in 2004, before my mission, and we played at Boise State. Now, if you remember, this is the year that Boise State really kind of emerged as 
a very good football team across the country. And we played them, I think, in week four or five and dominated them throughout the entire game. That's the game where Matt Payne was coming up and laying out um, Chris the Carr. punt return. Yeah, Chris Carr. Time, Chris Carr. I actually played with Chris Carr in Baltimore, so I always gave him a hard time. About that one, <laughs> I probably should have remembered his name just now. But, <laughs> but, you know, a game that we felt like we were dominating throughout and we should have won, it came down to a 35-yard field goal to win it. Unfortunately, we didn't make it and, and ended up losing. And Boise State went on to, I think, play in a BCS game. They were a top-10 team, something like that. So we, a, a missed opportunity there. But a game that's always been highly competitive and a team that we've always really wanted to beat for whatever reason. I I look at it as a little bit of a mini rivalry in itself. Yeah, independent of where it fits on the rivalry scale, this I've said this is my favorite series that Tom Homeless scheduled in Independence. Because you get Boy State every year. It's always going to be on ESPN. It's almost always going to be on a Thursday or Friday night, so you have the huge stage. And I love it. But the question in Provo right now is about the quarterback. Is Tanner Mangum going to be cleared to play? Is he going to be good? Is he? Is that ankle going to hold up? Is he okay? It will have been almost four weeks tomorrow night. So what do you expect from BYU if Tanner Mangum plays tomorrow? Well, I think it's our best option by far. Um, you know, he, he brings the most experience. He's the guy that's, you know, been the guy going into this year. And one thing I'll say for Tanner, I know he hasn't played the way he's wanted to, in the first few weeks that he played, but being able to step back, kind of see other guys play, internalize some things, assess his play, and not being on the field the last couple weeks, I think will help him. And I know whenever I've been in that position, whether you're out of a bye week or whether you're out a couple weeks with an injury, whatever it may be, I mean, for me, I was out a whole year and got to watch guys in front of me, and I learned a lot, not only about myself and what I could do better, but what not to do with other guys and learn from them and, and all different kinds of scenarios. And so I think this time off will be beneficial for him because I think he was reeling a little bit and he was struggling with his confidence for whatever reason. But, you know, if he's able to go this game, I think it's a huge plus for us. And I think he's going to really turn it around when he gets back healthy and, and continues to play. But, you know, you talk about him versus the other guys, there's just no experience there. And I actually was impressed with Bo Hodge and how he played in that game. I think if he didn't get injured, we would have won that game. But when you talk about now a third-string quarterback coming in who wasn't ready for the moment, uh, turn the ball over a bunch, I mean, that's not winning football. And so for Critchlow, you know, I don't know anything about him. I don't think really anybody does, and so it'll be interesting to see. But it's a tough position to put him in because he's not going to be prepared the way he should. Right now it would seem that Tanner Mangum is the guy, and if he can't go, it will be Joe Critchlow. What is the effect on the other offensive players when there is not a consistent presence at quarterback? Well, it makes it very difficult, for one. Um, you know, playing receiver, in my experience, when I don't have Joe Flacco out there, I hate it. And from, you know, several standpoints, number one, Joe's our best quarterback and a very good quarterback. Number two, uh, you know, the ball comes out differently from different guys' hands. Our, our backup quarterback with the Ravens was Ryan Mallett. And I like catching Joe's ball a whole lot more than I like catching Ryan Mallett's ball. And that's something mentally you go through as a wide receiver. And so these wide receivers are having a tough time right now because you have so many different quarterbacks that are coming into the game. You go from Taylor to Bo to Coy, potentially to Critchlow now. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's difficult to find some consistency in how the ball is going to come out, how you're going to catch it, the trust level you have with one another. 
And then not only for, for receivers, but also for the linemen, the cadence comes out different, the rhythm's different. And so there's a lot of factors that play into multiple quarterbacks throughout a year. And so hopefully Tanner can play, and that will remedy a lot of those issues. But, you know, having a different guy in there, Critchlow, I think is going to be a little bit of a struggle, even though he might very well be a great player. Seven turnovers last week against Utah State. Is that something that's easily correctable, or is that a bigger situation that you have to figure out? Well, it's easily correctable. Uh, the question would be, can they correct it? <laughs> um, even those turnovers last week, you know, I, I don't mind the interceptions. You're on your third-string quarterback. He's trying to make plays. You know, the moment's kind of almost too big for him in that, but he's trying. You know, it, the, the effort was there. He's trying to make plays, throw it downfield whatever it may be, I don't have issues with that. What I have issues with are the fumbles. Are the fumbles by Ula, I have issues with the fumbles by the running backs as a whole. Those are things that need to be corrected and should be corrected, and guys have to be held accountable for those fumbles. Listen, we're going through a similar thing with the Ravens. I've called the last handful of games, and we're struggling to find a running back right now, and there's a running back who we just signed a couple weeks ago named Alex Collins. He's our best runner by far. He was averaging point eight yards per carry coming into last game, but he kept putting the ball on the ground. And our coach, Coach Harbaugh, has zero tolerance for ball security issues at the running back position. So he got bounced. And we have to go with lesser guys, guys that aren't as dynamic at that position because they can protect the football. And so that's something that this team needs to figure out. As a coach, you have to say, well, is it worth the talent or is it worth teaching a lesson, holding this guy accountable for ball security and sending a message to the rest of the team? I think at some point, if Ula can't figure out how to hold on to the football, we've got to figure out you know, who can. Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation. What level of concern do you have for BYU football right now at 1-4 going into the Boise State game? Well, I think there's a lot of concern. Um, I don't know that there would be as much concern if you had the quarterback position figured out and who's healthy and who's playing and all that. That's very concerning. I think the turnovers are concerning. But just how the schedule sets up over the next couple of weeks is concerning. You know, Boise State's a good football team. They have been historically, and they are again this year. I know they lost last week to Virginia. Um, but, you know, Virginia, I think, has a decent coach over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you look at this game, it's going to be tough. You know, I know we play at home, but Boise State's always going to, you know, bring their best stuff against us. And then you go and play Mississippi State in two games that are – you know, extremely tough, and then you lose those, you sit at one and six, and you're kind of reeling. And, and I know you play lesser competition through the back end of the schedule, but, you know, those teams are still capable of, of snagging a win here and there. So there's a lot of concern, but if you can go tomorrow night and get a win against Boise State, that'll go a long way. Boise State is always good, one of the premier programs nationally in terms of just straight-up winning. In fact, since 2000, they're like, have the number one win percentage. They're amazing. Yet they uh, were up three touchdowns against Washington State, who beat USC. They blew that, though, in triple overtime. But they lost to Virginia. So I'm not sure exactly how good. I know they're good. I don't know how good they are. What do you think of this matchup with this version of the Broncos? I think it's a pretty good matchup, to be honest. I think, uh, I think we match up fairly well against them. You know, you forget they beat Troy in week one, and Troy handed it to LSU last week. So, you know, that's, uh, that's an interesting game to think about. But, um, you know, Boise State they're going to be good and they're going to be well coached. They're going to be disciplined. I think it's a team that we can dominate a little bit up front and run the ball against, and we're going to have to, and whether or not we can hold on to the ball when we run it will be a different story, but 
Um, whoever's that quarterback, I think your job this game is going to be limit turnovers, manage the game, make sure that we can, uh, you know, keep good field position and, and set up our defense and not put them in bad situations. Dennis, it's all about the five points of contact with the football, right? There's actually seven, Spencer. There are seven? I'll go, I'll go over it sometime with you. <laughs> Duly noted. time to hit all seven right now. <laughs> next okay. time. That's a tease for next week. Yes. Yeah, we well, can't wait for that. Dennis, great stuff, man. Always <laughs> nice to talk to you, and uh, we appreciate the insight into BYU-Boise State. All right. Thanks, guys. Dennis Pitta and his seven points of contact for well, the depends. football. Like Brian Logan has like nine because of his <laughs> bicep. You know what I'm saying? I was just going to say fingertips, palm, forearm, bicep, and chest. But there are yeah, seven? I, yeah, the, apparently there's seven. Okay. You know we, what Dennis says goes, coming up, BYU Hoops about to get defensive in a new edition of Big Deal No Deal. And speaking of basketball, the head man, Dave Rose, joins us next. That's BYU Basketball Media Day. Why is he most excited about the upcoming season? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are live in the BYU store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Show on demand anytime, anywhere you can consume it. That's right. Of course, football tomorrow night. Saturday night, uh, women's soccer plays St. Mary's 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio as well. If you missed the headlines, we'll give them to you again right now. Game day eve for BYU football and Boise State. Yesterday, Tanner Mangum had a doctor's appointment. We'll see tomorrow night if indeed he was cleared to play. Watch Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Patriots are playing the Bucks tonight, so that means Harvey Longy and Kyle Van Oy will be on your TV and mobile devices on Thursday Night Football, baby. Yes, it is BYU Basketball Media Day. Head coach Dave Rose on set here with us right now. We'll get to him in just a moment. You can watch his official press conference tonight at 6.30 Eastern on the BYU TV Sports YouTube page. And the 8th ranked women's volleyball team plays at St. Mary's tonight in West Coast Conference play in Moraga. 10 Eastern time. Cougars 15-1 and this year. Not bad. Let's introduce the head basketball coach at BYU with our stat of the day, Jerem. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU men's basketball returns eight players with starting experience. That's a lot. Coach, you've handled just about any and every scenario. Teams with a lot of experience coming back, teams with no experience coming back. Eight players with starting experience. Where does that uh, factor into your confidence level going into a new season? Well, we're, we're really excited. I think that, uh, you know, you, you, you tease this this segment with what I'm most excited about about this year's is just the fact that we get to play again. Uh, the fact you know we ended the season uh, probably as disappointing as any season we've ever had with two losses, and they were both uh, by quite a large margin. And uh, so it's been a long summer, been a long break, and we're we're anxious to get back out on the floor and play again. So the fact that we've got a lot of guys who have played is a good thing. Uh, I like the diversity of this team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know how we how we come together and, and how we uh, you know actually perform. But I like the group. I like the work ethic. Uh, and I, I just like the competitive feel that we have with, with the guys right now. Hype can be a good thing. People are excited about stuff, so they talk about it, right? Last year, there was a lot of conversation, a lot of excitement. It's been very quiet this offseason. Has that been a good thing for your program to uh, get in the gym and do the work you need to do? Well, you know, I, I, I don't think you, I can control, and I don't have my, my guys control any – think from the outside from the inside we can control a lot of things and I think that uh, the guys have been really focused I think that the guys returning from their mission the four guys that are returning 
they understand uh, the fact that we haven't been to the tournament in two years in a row, first time for a long time, that we've got a, a drought at two years in a row, and that's a big focus for those returning guys. Three of those guys have actually the only three guys in our program that have been to an NCAA tournament. Uh, that That is a big uh, experience factor that you need to have on your your team where guys expect to go, they've been, and the new guys that come in feel that from them. So <clears throat> that, that's a good thing. Um, and, then, and then I really like <clears throat> just the fact that uh, our younger guys from last year uh, are back with uh, – I think they're – in a lot better shape. I think that they have a lot better focus. Uh, the the hours in the practice center and in, in the annex, you can see, have really paid off. When 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 fans see our team, they're going to see a really um, physical, strong uh, team that's ready to compete. I think. I'm shocked by uh, Luke Worthington and Dalton Nixon physically. Luke has lost a lot of weight. He looks really good, and then Dalton has has bulked up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are a bunch of guys like that. Yeah, and I, I think that. Uh, you don't know what really motivates a guy, you know, on his mission to change his eating habits and try to change his body a little bit and, and exercise and work out every day. But, but those two especially, and then Zach Selya, since he's been home, is, is is a bigger version of himself as a freshman, bigger, stronger, and uh, you know we're really looking forward to just how they compete, how they mesh together. But the guys have done the work. Now it's just time to let's get together and and put a team out there that can uh, can be really successful. What's the overall health of your team like right now? Well, everything's great except, you know, Ryan Andrews had a issue a couple of weeks ago when his knee started swelling. They tried, tried to manage it a little bit, but he actually had a surgical procedure the other day, and so he'll be out a few weeks. But uh, for the rest of the guys, we have not missed much at all um, as far as practice time. Elijah's back really healthy. TJ had a, uh, you know, a little procedure during the spring, but um, – the, the 13 weeks that we've been together, the eight weeks uh, in the summer s- semester and then the five weeks that we've had so far, um, the guys are really they're really engaged, ready to roll. Terry Nashif uh, has been running the defense, then the offense for several years. He resigned. You rehired uh, Heath Stroyer, who literally was coaching here before Yoli Childs was born. Uh, what kind of impact has Coach Stroyer had on the program so far? Well, first of all, <clears throat> you know, the situation with Terry, I mean, this is my first season that I've coached without Terry. I mean, How you doing? As, a, as a head coach and it's tough. I mean, I miss the guy. He uh he did a, a, so much for our program. Plus he's just his personality was just fun to be around. And uh you know, we've had, you know, lunch two or three times, but I only see him two or three times a month and instead of seeing him, you know, every day and and uh but he's doing well and he's he's got himself in a a great career and and we, you know, he'll be around. I think he's going to do some of the games on on radio this year, so We'll be able to see him a little bit more, but uh, but having Heath is a whole different personality. I mean, it, it, it kind of changes the whole dynamics of our office. Uh, uh, Heath's got a real intense personality, and and he's a twenty four seven guy, and he's he's basketball from sun up to sundown, and and uh, I, I like that. I, I like that, and how it has kind of spread through the office and through the other guys, and into our players. I think that. Uh, uh, He's a very intense guy, and I think that, you know, the, the, the fans who followed us, you know, 16, 17, 18 years ago, uh, you, you're getting a little more polished version of Heath, but every bit as excited and, and, and energetic as uh, he was back when we were going years ago. We've seen in the past with you and your staff 
different responsibilities that each coach has, whether it be calling offensive plays, defensive plays, different personnel situations. How do the coaching responsibilities break up this year? Well, I think that uh, we've adjusted a, a lot of things. Two things were really important for us in the offseason. One is to be a better defensive team as far as guarding the three-point line. The three-point line is has always been a real benefit for us. And this past year, we got we got burned at the three-point line. Other teams made more than we did. Their percentage wasn't good, but they shot so many. And so we have to change the philosophy so that teams just can't shoot, get as many threes off. And then, and then our uh, as a half-court offensive team, we really wanted to become – uh, more diverse instead of just being a quick hit call play uh, that's a three or four or five second uh, time we wanted to be more of a you have a continuity office where everybody is positionless and everybody can kind of get involved in in both ends of a screen and roll uh, ability to, to, to post up guards can get inside post guys can come to the perimeter uh, and not so much having a play called uh, everything every time we do something and I think you'll see differences in in those two areas extremely uh, big differences as far as our transition game our ability to offensive rebound and score our ability to get to the free throw line I think those things will be pretty similar and then you know we will we'll always be a pretty pretty good transition team that's kind of our bread and butter um, to answer your question about the coaching responsibilities it's you know Heath has come in and and uh, and, and really helped us in a a lot of areas that, you know, I think the players have really enjoyed. They really benefit from it. And uh, and then Quincy's, you know, he's got, uh, you know, defensive responsibilities. But what I've really tried to do is is try to have all of us uh, be involved in everything so our guys who are comfortable with whatever coach uh, can, can get the same information from everybody. And, and so I hope, I hope that's what we see, you know, when we get started playing. Eight newcomers on this squad, uh, some junior college transfers, uh, some freshmen, some return missionaries. What kind of injection of energy and life will they give to this team, you think? Well, the, the three new guys, you know, that are uh, Rylan and, and Jasheer and KB, those are the guys that uh, are here for the first time. Uh, the rest of the guys of all, of McKay, uh, McKay Cannon is uh, also a walk-on that, uh, you know, is really involved in what we've been doing, has really played well with us. And we don't know if he's going to. I mean, right now he's not eligible to play this year because of transfer rules. But uh, those guys uh, are are really uh, they're excited every day. I mean, it's it's there's no lag, there's no drop off, there's no from one day to another. Those guys come and they're ready to go, and I think it's really helped the rest of the guys. The missionaries are so excited to play because they've been doing other stuff, you know, for the last few years. They're not knocking doors anymore, and they're they're really this is I. It's, I know it's right after conference, but I will tell you, this is a lot more fun than what they've been doing, you know. <laughs> and, uh, although it's they hard. Enjoy, although, hard. Although they enjoyed that. But, yeah. but this is what they want to do, and this is what they're excited about doing, and, and they're ready, ready to play. Okay, now the hard-hitting question. Can you beat Gonzaga in Spokane without Corbin Kafusi? I don't know. We might bring him just to go. <laughs> I hope he's not in a combine week or something. That, and we can just bring him in, dress him, and, you know, have him run around a little bit. And, uh, just bring the luck. The karma's good with court. Absolutely. Yes, yes it is. Absolutely. Nick's done all right, too. Yeah. Um, this, this is kind of a new group, a new new season, um, you know, for you, new coaches, new guys. You have 20 days until the Cougar tip-off, so what do you hope to accomplish between now and then? Well, I think the, the most important thing, we've spent a lot of time together, but they've been in short spurts. 
We need to get ourselves in game shape. We need to get ourselves, uh, you know, with some type of uh, pecking order, you know, as far as uh, roles for the guys. And, and uh, it's really kind of wide open right now. We've got those four returning starters from last year. Uh, Zach returning, Luke and Dahl both started games. I mean, there, there's a lot there to kind of, um, you know, figure out and, and, and find which groups mesh together the best. And, and that's probably the most important thing, get ourselves in game shape and then find the groups of guys that we can get started with early and be really successful. Usually the groups that you start with aren't the groups that you end with, but we've got to be really good from start to finish. It's not like you can go into the season, you know, uh, just, you know, kind of flounder around there. I mean, in, in, in where we sit in the basketball world, it's really important for us to be good the first day and be even better the last day. I know you're a big fan of uh, a lot of the BYU sports on campus uh, and, and involved as a fan. BYU football obviously struggling right now. You've dealt with slumps and whatnot. How do you how do you help your team break out of that mentally? What do you, what do you do as a coach to approach that? Well, the, the most important thing is to make sure that the guys think that you think they're good. I mean, they got to get healthy. That's the biggest issue. It's you you can take a lot of football teams across the country and give them their third string quarterback and try to go win games on the road. That's going to be a tough chore. Okay, it's not just BYU. You go study a little bit and find out who's winning football games. It's usually the first string quarterback that's got a little bit of experience. Okay? <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's a big position in the game. And uh, we've got big positions in our game, but uh, to me, that that's the most important thing. Make sure the coaches. Stay really positive with the guys and know that they really believe and then get healthy and, and get a chance to do what you're really good at. You haven't been on social media very much, but now you are on I'm Instagram. T- but it's a private account? I don't know. Right? What it, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an account where I posted three pictures and I've had a few, uh, uh, a few little hashtags, you know, that I've brought in. But, yeah. uh, oh, you're I'm, in the hashtag game? Th- yeah, my daughter actually commented that she liked my hashtags, so. But I think I had about 46 people that are following me. All family? I, I, I did some it, friends? I did it at alumni, our alumni basketball game yes. a day a few weeks ago because I want to follow all these guys. And my wife convinced me for three months. She follows a lot of the former players. And then she, every night I'd look at them and follow. And I just got to the point, you know what? This is good. I need to know when these kids are when they're having babies. I need to know when they're, you know, the kids are getting baptized and they're graduating from high school now, which is wild. But – uh, all these former players of mine, that's really why I've set the thing up. And, and I've got a lot of people that have requested. <laughs> Including me. I hope they don't know that they've requested because I haven't accepted them. I know. Because I'm trying. Oh, you knew know that. Well, I just haven't seen anything show okay. up yet. So I, I assume that I, you hadn't. I assume that you would have added me. Okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked a lot about some of the issues that would um, – come up as a result of me and this is one you know, i'm sorry this is one i'm just sorry you don't yeah. you don't belong you know, <laughs> haven't even tried me out coach how do you know, know but it's, it, it's the group that i want to have it doesn't true. doesn't involve listen i just want to be on the outside of the inside Does but that you make are sense? producing our show you basketball with dave rose yes yeah, so, so that's probably merits ooh, to get in maybe I, I might be able to slide you in there because i have some criteria yeah small steps yeah yeah, Small that's steps. November 28th, by the way. So yeah. the BYU football with Kalani Stake graduates to BYU basketball with Dave Rose in no- November 28th. Yeah, seamless transition. Greg, Greg Rebell's hosting. I'm behind the scenes with our fantastic. Hey, I'm just, I'm just proud of you that you, you have an Instagram account. And I'm that's really, good. That's I, progress. I, thank you. Thank you very much. I, yeah. I, I went for a long time where I said that there's not a chance in the world that that's going to happen, and I actually. Look at you. 
Changed my mind. Look at you. Yes. Yeah. It's a progressive outlook. Hashtag Rose Swag. Caffeine on campus. <laughs> Dave Rose on Instagram. <laughs> what is Everything's happening? going crazy. I, yeah. I will tell you this, that I purchased a 12-pack of Diet Coke at the Creamery the other night and brought it, home, brought it home to my wife, and she said, this is the place. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brigham. Yeah, Thank you, place. Brigham. Didn't it feel wonderful? Awesome. To do that? Awesome. Coach, great to have you with us. All Some right. BYU Sports Nation karma to you for the approaching season. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, and 6.30 Eastern time, uh, Coach Rose will answer less compelling questions uh, from other people at oh 6.30 Eastern time on YouTube. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just kidding. Coming I love, up. I love our brethren. Which former Cougar is up for League Rookie of the Year? Plus, is Boise State a rivalry? Is that a big deal? This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll discuss. Big deal, no deal. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the BYU Store with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake was Tuesday night. Really fun show. Kairos Tonga was the player guest. So I like to say BYU Football with Kalani Sitake featuring or feat Kairos Tonga. Oh, yeah. It's coming up right after this at 1 p.m. Eastern time if you missed it. Of course, it's on demand on the BYU TV app. Kalani released his new album, F-E-A-T, period, Kairos Tonga. Kairos right? Tonga. Yeah. yeah. That's how we do it. Twitter question today. Where does Boise State rank on your BYU rivalry scale, Jerem has them at number 17 in those power 17 rankings. plus. <laughs> you know it. I put them right around somewhere between 6 and 8. Okay. One, one in Rome. I, I don't know. Ron Burgundy. I, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to discuss that very rivalry oh. during Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Is presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Number one. Big deal, no deal. We'll start with the rivalry. Is it a big deal? Boise State, BYU. Well, if you're talking about rivalry, I don't think the rivalry part is big. I think the game is big. It's always on ESPN. It's most of the time on a Thursday or Friday, so you have that spotlight. I think that's a big deal. I When I think BYU and Boise State, the word rivalry does not... Come to my mind. It's getting there for me. It, yeah. It's by year 12 of this 12 year thing, yes. or eight or nine. Because of the yeah. consistency. I guess this is And your... because of the proximity and yeah. all of those things that factor into a rivalry and the fact that these teams are both consistent winning programs. I know that BYU is not having that well, season this plus, year. There's only 10 teams the last, you know, seven or eight years that have done that. Exactly. So I. I say it is it is a big deal, but it's going to become a bigger deal the farther we get into this rivalry right. series. Number two. Big deal, no deal, sticking with the series, the trend of home team success in the BYU-Boise State game. I don't think that's a coincidence. Like one, two, three times, maybe five times in a row the home team has won. I think that bodes well for BYU, obviously. It's in Provo. Kristen Chenoweth is going to be here this weekend, and so will Boise State. That's great news. So big deal for you. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, I like I like that, and I like the trend that is happening. This year's just different. Why not? Oh, because injuries, quarterback. Yeah, situation? absolutely. So I say, no. what if injuries been a big deal to quarterback position? For I BYU? say no deal this year because of what BYU is dealing with. I think that Tanner Mangum obviously gives BYU the best chance to win the game if he can play tomorrow. The Boise but- kid. Yeah, so right now I, the trend to me just doesn't matter because there are so many 
other factors playing into this game. Number three. Last one, Yoli Childs told Greg Rubel last night on Behind the Mic on BYU Radio that the Cougar fans can expect something cha- different defensively for BYU. You'll see a team that, that plays really well together offensively, but a team that loves to defend. A team that, that really takes pride on that side of the floor. And just the, the different ways we're playing defense uh, will help us a ton this year. Big deal, no deal. BYU Hoopsters getting defensive. I'll say no deal because I need to see it, okay? And I need to see it for like 10-plus games. And then I'll say that's a big deal because we've been there, done that. Talk is cheap. Let's see it. And I would think that the coaching staff would agree. Listen, we've changed, but we we need to see it on the court. It was supposed to be there last year. We heard all about the defensive adjustments, right? And we didn't see it. And BYU got burned from the three-point line just by a massive three-pointers. Dave Rose talked about it, so I'm with you. I say no deal. Make it happen on the floor. Show us. Show me the money. I mean the defense. That will be a big deal. Coming up, two Cougars play on Thursday night football. And Kalani Purcell makes her professional debut last night. How did she do? We'll tell you next. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Dennis Pitta and BYU basketball coach Dave Rose. It's Basketball Media Day. If you He's missed any of the show, download the podcast on <laughs> iTunes or Google Play. Yeah, the secret to getting Dave Rose's acceptance on we'll Instagram. See. We'll see. We'll see how the <laughs> show goes. Coming up tomorrow, Brian Billick and ESPN's Adam Amin, our boy. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. It is game day eve for BYU and supposed rival Boise State. Stop Yesterday, it. Tanner Mangum saw a doctor. We'll see tomorrow night if he was cleared to play. Watch countdown to kickoff at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. Cougars in the NFL. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots fired up for Thursday night football. Really BYU players Harvey Lungy and yeah, Kyle Van Noy will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight. Men's basketball. It's basketball media day, baby. We chatted with Dave Rose earlier. He's going to have a press conference tonight, 6.30 Eastern, on the BYU TV Sports YouTube page. Volleyball. Eighth-ranked BYU Volleyball at 15-1. Take on St. Mary's tonight in the West Coast Conference play in Moraga at 10 Eastern. St. Mary's face. Soccer. <laughs> Ashley Hatch is one of three players up for Rookie of the Year in the National Women's Soccer League. Fans determine the winner of the award, by the way. And the BYU men's team beat up on... The Utah Valley University club team last night at Southfield, 4-1. to one. Cougars in the PGA. Never had to clap into this <laughs> mic. Yeah, it feels awkward. Uh, Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays tee off today at the Safeway Open on the PGA Tour in Nampa, California. It's all about the energy. Cougars yes. overseas. In the WNBL debut for Kalani Purcell, she had six points, nine rebounds, and four assists. Doing what she does, right? Yeah. She's always a triple-double threat. Boomers. For the Melbourne Boomers, 76-61 win over the Dandenong Rangers. Oh, yeah. I have a Dandenong jersey. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. This is the BYU store. Always great to be here. Love this place. Looks way better than it used to. And now it looks amazing. There's caffeine on campus. There's... All kinds of goodies, too, here today. Yes, it's fantastic. And joining us now is the BYU Store Director, Mark Clegg. 
Mark, it's up, good Mark? to have you back on the uh, set, man. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. Okay, changes continue to happen for the BYU store. What's the latest and greatest? So, so before I say that, let me tell you, I'm from southeast Idaho. Oh. A little tiny town. Okay, how do, you, Springs. how do you feel about the rivalry? So I heard all about, you know, the, at the beginning of the segment, I heard all about the Boise State, you know, BYU uh-huh. thing, and what is driving that. I, I'm not saying this is the answer, but I've lived in Boise, and I've also lived in southeast Idaho, and obviously I'm here now. There's something cultural to it. Okay. I'm not going to say it's religious, per se, but I'm telling you, it, there's, there's a culture there. It's a better rivalry if when there's I, a religious when I was undertone. Gro- when I was growing up in Idaho, Utah was like the worst state ever. <laughs> and I was, I was taught that from the time I was ta- – I don't even know why. So there's, there's something cultural. I was okay. born in Idaho. So, so you was, were born in Idaho I was Idaho born well. outside Boise, by yeah, the way. There you go. But okay. I moved when I was three. Rivalry in place this weekend. What the, Tell us about the changes. Okay. So we uh, completely remodeled the uh, what we call now the Cougar Den Stadium store. Looks fantastic. We also added a, a Nike store over there. I don't know if you know that. First 50% of the store is decked out in Nike gear. Awesome. The Beautiful. Best, best Nike selection in the entire area. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Can you have a buy one, get one free. We have a brand new website. Oh, yeah. Brand new website okay. just launched new last yeah. week. Yeah. Looks fantastic. Still working out some bugs, but it's awesome. And Make displaying sure the uh, BOGO sale here. Okay, so we got the BOGO sale going here this week in the store. This is a buy one, get one 50% off for Zephyr. So for the Zephyr hats. Some really cool design. Got yeah. some great. We've added a bunch of new styles. It's fantastic. Wear Navy. Wear Make Navy. Sure wear Navy. Tomorrow, tomorrow night's Wear Navy, right? Everybody do that. So that's cool. And you also brought some cookies. So then today we're doing a little fun kind of test or whatever with some partners called Chips Cookies. You probably oh, I've heard of Chip. I have experience. These are are fantastic. They're huge. Legit. Take a look at that. Look at those. These are freshly baked right out of the oven, my man. One for you. Oh, I'll take one. Yeah, you can. Here, I'll pass it down. Yeah. Oh, oh. I chose. I chose the best. I have a normal cookie here on set. This is a chip cookie. (laughs) (laughs) So these these are available today in the store while supplies last, and it's not very long. Meaning we're, we're going to run out quickly, and they're only 10 bucks. Mark, awesome. Set. Great to have you, man. Thanks, Mark. Great to have you as well. Thanks for yeah. letting us hang out. Thank you for being here. All right, our elite tweet of the day saying, <laughs> Boise State can have the number one spot on the rivalry scale if BYU wins tomorrow. That from at JSJ35. Or whatever. Big thanks to our guests. For Jeremiah Spencer, we'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern.